This is a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne, truly independent community radio. Come on, hit me. Yeah. You're uh, practising your drum feels there on the desk. Well, it's you that, being an old, you know, drummer from way back yeah. and incredible lead guitarist, of sure. course. Yeah. Not many people know about that, about you. <laughs> no, precisely, uh, no people know about that. But... But usually it's uh, you showing off your paradiddle uh, yeah. skills, and I just thought I'd try to match over. it. So there it is, mm. uh, starting off with a drum roll for the afternoon here on this fabulous radio station, 3 Triple RFM. Yes. How are you doing? Speaking of fabulous, what? Uh, accolades to our good friends at Radiotherapy. What a great show they had this morning. I don't know whether you got to hear much of it yourself. Cam. I did not. But uh, I was at the market getting John, who course. walked away from me. Yes. Which you'll hear. It so ends awkwardly. It's, yeah, we have we have this awkward sort of like oh, um, I see ya sort of thing. <laughs> but no, big ups to uh, big ups to radiotherapy for a great show. And of what were they doing on Sunday? Go on Sunday? Go go for the last hour. Um, they did an excellent segment on the um, the deliberate and unintentional both ends of the uh, spectrum of discrimination in the health system against GLBTIQ people, and it was quite interesting. I uh, learned LG. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yes. LG life's good. <laughs> yes. Uh, worth uh, going back to and listening to again because I, you can do that here on this uh, radio station. I think the podcast might already be up too if you if you want to hear it because Kent's not in his normal little spot. He's gone. Panel he beater. Normally just sits in the corner there until their podcast is done and then he, he fades into the background <laughs> like the mystery man he is. Like the wind. Yes. What was that? Who was that masked man? Um, 12.03 here on 3 Triple RFM. Welcome to the afternoon. We're here to talk about food. My name is Cam Smith. Across from you, I have... I'm Matt Stedman. Hello, everyone. Matt Paradiddle Stedman. <laughs> okay. we, uh, we've had, had a delightful little uh, pseudo breakfast this morning, too. Well, Should we say that? We, the, the coffee this morning was good from the Triple R coffee machine. Good pour. And uh, Milk was at the right temperature. That's my job. That is your job? Yes. We sort of fell into these jobs organically, didn't we? <laughs> yes. No one's ever planned this. And uh, a smallish croissant, which was okay. I was intrigued over many weeks about the Monte Carlo that they make. So you know the Monte Carlo biscuit you get at the supermarket? How can I forget? Or it was up there with the iced vovo until... <laughs> until I don't know whatever happened to the iced vovo. It sort of went down. In fact, it might not even be around I anymore. I don't know. I never liked the Ice Vovo. Ice Vovo, where art thou? Too much um, coconut for me. Anyway, so uh, over <laughs> I, the road... We digress. Over the road at Milkwood, they do their own Monte Carlo, and I've, I've had my eye on them for a good, some good number of weeks. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try one today. And the jam was good. It was good. We can recommend it. And so we are here uh, with full stomachs and caffeinated brains ready to take you through the next hour. And here we go, ladies and mm. gentlemen. Um, today we're going to um, uh, we'll start off. Actually, maybe we'll work backwards. Um, sure. We'll work backwards with uh, Vintage 2018 mm-hmm. um, with a final little burst of rain, um, which is um, probably a talking point. You mean yesterday? I do indeed. Are there, are there any grapes still out there? We're going to find out. Uh, I think there was a little bit of Shiraz last time I um, checked. That's with, um, with Duncan's lot. Uh, yes. In... Where is he? He's around Mornington and then also around Strathbogies, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So we'll find a little bit about that. And he's also sort of um, been on the blower right. to uh, find out about what else has been going on with uh, with Vintage. Mm-hmm. We will also go, as uh, Matt said, uh, we're going to go and have a chat to John at the market. Yep. 
which would be kind of good. And um, we've also got some great news um, from the let's see the Australian the Australian Distillation Awards. Yes, uh, which were happening in conjunction with the Royal Agricultural Society of Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pretty cool news about that. But we'll uh, mm. we'll go to our uh, gin correspondent Sebastian Rayborn. <laughs> yes, very soon. I think you know where this is going, don't you, folks? Um, yes, we're going to do that. And then we also have to probably mention something about what happened in a restaurant in Flinders Lane. Yes. A little bit of a, a worry there. Should we do that now? Uh, I thought, no, first I'd like All to right. do a food quote just to take okay. us on to the esoteric Done. meanderings about food and how, you know, as, as is our want yes. here on this radio station and this um, slot specifically. Mm. Uh, today's food quote is... Yes. No one who cooks, cooks alone. This is great. Matt's got his... I've got my thinking face on. Yeah, he's got his arms sort of folded mm. in the, and, and clutching his chin. Mm. So let me say that again to you. No one who cooks, cooks alone. Even at their most solitary, a cook in the kitchen is surrounded by generations of cooks past. The advice and menus of cooks present, the wisdom of cookbook writers... Ponderous. <laughs> it's almost, almost spiritual. I like it. It, was, well, it gets into that. We've yeah. spoken about this, cultural traditions and, and things yes. like that, you know, cooking your ancestors' meals. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's a segment on that. Um, and that's from Laurie Colwin, 1944 to 1992, American author. God bless you, Laurie. There's probably people that um, cook dishes that he cooked. Yes. And remember, it's uh, and remember Proust. You know, they did old, yeah. old bloody. You know, whew, that went on for a while too, didn't it? The Madeleine of yes. memory. Well, this reminds me of something. I'll just write forever for five hundred pages. Yeah. Now, before we um, we go and talk about uh, a restaurant called Cumulus, yes, I want to talk to you about something in a segment which we call "What's, What's that, that in your mouth." mouth? Not bad. We didn't even practice that this time. Yeah, we just did it. <laughs> That's your drummer background coming through, I think, Maddie. Um, first of all, you said that you have been into uh, an actual restaurant in Fitzroy Street that's open and it's not a shell for lease, which is, uh, that's kind of cool. I've lived in Secura for most of my life now, and yet, the, the, what were you saying? Like the Detroit end of Fitzroy Street at the moment is a little bit bleak and barren. Say that again. The Detroit ends. That's the one up near, oddly, it's the one up near the beach is not doing that well. There used to be some, of course, there's still Cafe Testazio there doing amazing yeah, food, yeah, and there's a few there. different places. Uh, there's but, no, there's, there's number one Fitzroy Street at the very end. That's, that's. I'm not sure that's number one anymore. I think that's just yes. It's there's, still there's, open. Though, all right, there's, there's that place, the very the bookend of Fitzroy Street before you yes. go before the trams start screeching and go around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know they don't really like it that much. To, um, but yes, yeah, so a surviving restaurant. You wanted to talk about uh, you, you Chinese the, food in Fitzroy Street. Yeah, you go up the other end. You go past uh, Gray Street and Canterbury Road towards the junction. And uh, look, it's been the only reason I mention it. It's really good Chinese food. It's mahjong. Uh, and the reason I mentioned it, we just went there and had a little lazy yum cha yesterday, which is good value, I reckon, at $35 a head, and you can eat as much as you want, or as little as you want. Yeah, because I remember we went there years ago to have a yum cha, and we were kind of stunned at the how much it was. Totally. And it's, it is, in that part of town, it's totally serving skippies. So they even skip a five <laughs> menu, so... 
Peking duck becomes uh, Beijing duck pancake. Oh, for God's sake. Yes. Uh, Mapu tofu becomes grandmother tofu. But yeah. it's delicious. And at 35 bucks a head, the yum cha I think is good value. And the reason I, I raise it, Cam, is because uh, this year I think they're celebrating their 10th birthday, which is no small indeed. feat in this industry. So, yeah, well 10 done. years. Well done for that. Yes. The golf clap for them. Yes. Good on you guys. Keep banging those steaming baskets but, together. But Cameron, what's that in your mouth? Well, what's in my mouth is uh, I'm Northside, yep. and um, I just wanted to do a little bit of kudos for a bit of late night eating that I had the other mm-hmm. night. I uh, was working around Johnson Street, um, giving alcohol to the beautiful art tribes of the North. Yes. Love them. <laughs> I do. They're, they're, they rock. They, mm. they are awesome. Mm-hmm. A little bit loose, but they look you in the eye when you when you, you know, Serve mm-hmm. them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But hungry as at the mm-hmm. end. And um, the person who I was working with said, oh, there's this place called, I don't know, Faux somewhere around the corner. And I was sort of expecting this Vietnamese place. And he said, mm-hmm. yeah, you do this thing and they do this stuff with prawns and they deep fry them and, and they put them in a roll. And I'm going, okay, mm-hmm. it sounds kind of weird for Vietnamese, buddy. Yep. But I did a... Um, Shall we say a little bit of a rediscovery of a place called mm. uh, the Poboy Cotter? The Poboy Cotter. Cotter, which Sa. is a little bit of Louisiana <laughs> down there in uh, specifically 295 Smith Street. And, mm. But I had this prawn Poboy, um, deep fried prawns in sort of a batter, so they're kind of crispy and yum. Um, nice roll, mm-hmm. nice bit of lettuce, good sauce. Had a weird ass raspberry wheat beer with it, which was recommended. That sounds weird, but you said it was quite it delightful. Was, it rocked. Well, as this guy said there, he goes, "Look, I said that sounds weird," and he went, "Well, I like it with it." And I went, "All right, challenge accepted. Give it. I'll um, I'll do that." But now, uh, you know, there's all the uh, the standards of uh, Louisiana food, and um, there was Louisiana food that used to be available in town at mm-hmm. Ding Dong. Mm-hmm. And um, but another thing that I noticed was that. There's been a relocation. Katie's Crab Shack, which was at Ding Dong, has mm. now moved to Smith Street. So yeah. there is almost like this little Louisiana quarter going on there. And, <laughs> yes. I, and uh, it was kind of funny. It's sort of like all-you-can-eat crabs, you know, yeah. uh, down at Katie's. Um, and, you know, they say never eat anything bigger than your head. Yeah. Um, there were some people who looked like they were trying to do that. Yeah, right. But these two places, Poor Boy Quarter, um, it's got, you know, red beans and rice, jambalaya, you yep. know, gumbo and all that. If you need a fix yep. of that food, it's open late. Um, met a guy called Felix who was there. They, they know their hospitality. Um, yeah. So there you go, used and recommended by yes. us. Agreed. So Mahjong across the, the river. I might even tweet where these places are if you're interested. What a good idea. Isn't it? Yes, there is. Okay, so now we'll move from there. Just very quickly, we need to mention, mm. uh, make mention of a story that uh, is relevant to anybody who's been dining in uh, Flinders Lane yes. of late. Uh, because um, it has been announced that Cumulus, up there on the top of um, Flinders Lane, mm-hmm. there's been um, a, well... There's uh, been a health scare. Health, health scare is health probably issue, the best. Yes. Health issue, yes. Uh, with a staff member, um, you know, where are these dates? Between so, if you've eaten at Cumulus between February twenty sixth yes. and Monday the nineteenth, uh, strongly suggested that what you do is uh, maybe go and get yourself a blood test specifically for hepatitis A because a staff member was um, had indications of uh, of having that and. 
I'm not sure whether that staff member is is still employed or is on leave while he he or she I think gets fixed up. Just on leave, and I think yeah. also, especially if you if you have any symptoms, uh, go and get yourself checked out. You know and what? these symptoms include go, yes. so say nausea, vomiting, yellow skin. Uh, you should go and get yourself checked out, which um, unfortunately I've had to do because mm. in that period I've eaten there three times. Yeah, right. So, yes, uh, I would say transmission, the um, possibility of transmission would be very low, yep. but it is a, uh, a risk nonetheless. You so, know what surprised me when I saw this story? I thought, geez, the thousands and thousands of meals that get served in Melbourne every day I'm surprised this sort of stuff doesn't happen or doesn't, Agreed. doesn't crop up more often and kudos to Cumulus for reporting it and um, dealing with it very, very quickly exactly. and, uh, and moving on. And we should also mention very, very strongly, there is no ongoing risk yes, at this stage. So um, it's not a place to go, well, I'm not going there anymore, you know. Don't do that. Don't do that. 12.15 here hey, on 3 Triple R We've got a couple of giveaways today. I think I might do one now. You want to do it now? Let's do it now. Shall I just start? I'll just do it. Blues, on, Blues just... Fest Touring presents Get This Cam Gomez uh, from the UK. They're playing... This is. I should also just say that Matt nearly didn't announce this prize <laughs> and... Uh, I nearly just put my name on the prize sheet. And yes, nearly did that. So it's... It's pretty good, according to, to Matt and me. Yes. So, Gomez, when? Gomez are playing uh, this Easter, so next weekend. Their Sunday show is already sold out. Their Monday show, so Easter Monday, is selling fast at 170 Russell. Uh, we've got a double pass to give away. If you are a subscriber, give us a ring, 93881027. And make sure you can go on Monday night, Easter Monday, right. to go and see Gomez. And I thought, hey, if we're giving away a ticket to see Gomez... Maybe we should play some Gomez. Synchronicity here on the radio. And uh, we'll be back once we have uh, the Gomez track. We'll be having a chat to Sebastian Rayborn. Incorrect countdown, man. Uh, it was a little. <laughs> 12.19, you're listening to Eat It on 3 FM. Cam here, Matt there. I was going to say also congrats to Peter who picked up the double pass to go and see Gomez. A few tickets still available. Yeah, it was uh, grudgingly given. I could see you doing that, Matt. Yeah, all right, yes. you win. Go yeah. on. Yeah. All right, have fun. Um, somebody is having fun today. Um, not quite sure where he is, but uh, he's on the blower. Yes, he is. There he is. I was looking at the mm. for lines. Sebastian Rayborn, a very, very good afternoon to you, sir. Ooh. Ooh. How's that? Yeah, where are you? Oh, I, I've, just, I've just stepped outside Bad Frankie's. Oh, wh- what is Bad yeah. Frankie's for those that have uh, never it heard is, of <laughs> It's an Australian spirits bar. Mm. Just off Smith Street in Fitzroy. Yes. So uh, they specialise in Australian spirits and japples, and that is their that is their their speciality. So they they stock not a single spirit that's not made in Australia. And um, and I guess with um, with the, uh, the the spirit awards that are happening, um, it's testament to the fact that there are more and more Australian spirits that are available. There sure are. The back bar here is is absolutely packed, and we're down here today because they've got. Australian spirit tasting on, like, right now, we've got distillers, I think, from 10 different distilleries really? locally, in, and we've got a bunch of people. There's still, uh, for those who uh, can bear to leave the radio, there's still a couple of uh, <laughs> spots if they want to head down to Bad Frankie's right now and, and have a have a taste and have a chat to the, the people making stuff. All right. Uh, 
Well, it sounds like a, a very lovely... Actually, they're lovely people at Bad Frankie, so please pass yeah, on my regards. They, they are. But, they um, will do. Let's paint a scene. Um, you and I were working together doing a, a gig down at Victoria Harbour, were we not, Sebastian? We were indeed, and it's been a long time getting to sort of last Thursday night. I think maybe you, me, and Dervla sort of started bouncing ideas maybe even eight months ago, Cam, was it? Yes, it's been a, it's been a long gestation, that's for sure. And the uh, the idea was pretty much to grow botanicals in an urban environment to uh, then be integral to a gin. Would that be a good way to and, describe it? Yeah, and, and botanicals that used to grow in the Melbourne area, to bring them yep. back to the Melbourne area, a lot of these, you know, quite rare stuff like, mm. you know, Victorian alpine mints, oval leaf mints that, I mean, you can't buy that. Oh, the rotunda. I love the oh. rotunda. I've, I've, I've gotten hooked on that Latin word. But let me just paint a picture. So we got to the um, – it was sort of a, a, a an event in three acts. The third act was uh, we were in um, the dining room, shall we call it, of one of these lend towers down there in Victoria Harbour. And uh, in two XL5 tasting glasses, the old-fashioned ones, in one hand, the right hand, I think it was the Antha Habitat, which was – uh, the gin that was created using the botanicals. And then there was the anther gin. And then I saw you look at your phone to acknowledge a text. And the only way I can describe it is you turned into Beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> what what happened, Seb? Uh, so, um, Go on. Uh, our coder still at Dervla was supposed to be presenting with us on Thursday. And she was... She had to go to the Australian Distilled Spirit Awards mm-hmm. because we were incredibly rapt to hear that we'd received a gold medal. So we had to attend and we were just absolutely blown away. We've only been, you know, in the market 18 months and we thought, wow, we, we, you know, we've got a gold medal. This is spectacular. Oh, wow. And then the text I got was <laughs> that we had not just received a gold medal. No. We'd received the trophy for Champion Gin, the best gin in Australia, and you know, it's it was just, and still is. It's still a little bit overwhelming. You know, yes. this is. I've known you for you a know. couple of footy seasons now, Seb, and I haven't seen you <laughs> overwhelmed. You are usually unflappable. Would be, uh, you know, resolute, unflappable, but. It was really, really funny to see because you were lost for words, and I sort of almost had to, I had to take over a little bit from with with the speaking, which is something I'm fairly comfortable with, as you know. We did. We managed to we managed to tell you know our, our guests because we had forty people. We were in the middle of a gin tasting. You know, yep. we managed to tell them. By the way, we just got this trophy. That and one then in your left that hand. Was it. I, I was done. I you know I sort of had to just go and take time out and have a quick gin to. To yes. settle myself, you know, because it's, uh, you know, I think about, uh, you know, West Winds and, and Four Pillars and Melbourne Gin uh, Company. Yeah, oh, you know, these guys that have been doing it for a long time and who I look up to incredibly and make amazing products that I love to drink. And, uh, you know, to think that our. Little you know, old gin from a, Smith you know, Street. A, you know, we're such a tiny business. We're distilled at Crafted Co. We. You know, we still do everything by hand. You know, every yep. label, every wax dip is all, all done every by you know, me and Derv. Yes. You know, it's, you know, there's three of us in the business. There's me, Derv, and Amy, and that's, that's mm. our whole team, you know. So to, to think that, I guess, 
to have that passion and that attention to detail recognised on a national level. And I should point out, this is the Australian Distilled Spirit Awards. These guys, you know... They're pretty the, tough, the aren't they? Of it, they're assholes. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 wow. are, they are so tough. Yes. You know, I know that their judges' briefings start every, every bracket with... We don't care if there are no golds. There's no golds. There's no golds. There's That's no it. golds. It's not a, it's not a popularity it, contest. No. It's technical tasting. If it's not to type, well, see you later. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, buddy. Congratulations <laughs> yeah, on that. Away. How, how many, um, and just to give people an idea of just the, the, the breadth of your achievement, how many um, gins were entered? Uh, there were 136 30, gins. 36. So out of 136, you won the trophy, which was uh, was a lovely decanter. Um, <laughs> uh, very heavy base. Um, and uh, yeah, we we went cra- we went off to uh, where was the um, where were the awards being held? That's Ormond so, Hall, wasn't it? Ormond Hall. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Grand. And and one, look, one more thing, Cam. You know, this is just a testament to where the Australian spirits yes. industry is. It's it's going to be you know the next ten years. This is going to be an export powerhouse, I'm saying. The next, you know, drinking our way to a better future. That's, that's my plan. <laughs> yeah, a better future. I don't know what Hogarth would have said about that at the time, but um, <laughs> I, I think we've, uh, we've evolved a little bit. Now, we should also mention uh, some of the other winners. Um, now, the, the grand champion was from Western Australia. Um, yeah, now, what was that? Old, old Young's Henley, Henley yeah. Brook. Uh, they won that. That's two years in a row. They won that. So that's best distiller. So that's the um, the highest aggregate score of your best three products. Yes. And he, you know, incredible consistency. You know, he got three golds at the awards, which is amazing to have three products get gold. It's, yep. it's you know, really, really tough. I want to call out to uh, best small batch distillery with a bunch of guys from Animus up in Kyneton who are absolutely lovely, that sort of live half Kyneton and half Collingwood. Mm. So they're, they're nearly local with us, and they're you know a lovely bunch of guys making delicious, very, very small batch gin up there. And it was great that they got... So that's, that's a trophy for, you know, like uh, anything made in small quantities. So it's a, a different sort of category. Yes, and uh, Helios Road, uh, you know, Helios Road got gold for their... 15-year-old peated whiskey, which is incredible. And then I think, uh, is it Fury that took out the trophy for best whiskey? I might just have to hold you back there. It was uh, the slight <laughs> peated whiskey was 10 years old, and that will go into uh, ah, what we sort of call unobtainium. Uh, so yeah, I don't know if mere mortals like you and I will ever sit. Um, also from Victoria, White Light Beverages was awarded champion vodka. Yeah. So that's yeah. uh, a big one. And uh, a mate of yours... And uh, uh, no stranger to the show, uh, Marinette Dry Cassis by Marinette. This is, this is incredible stuff. We actually help. We do the distilling with them. They do all of the liqueur making, but we do the distilling that sits sort of in stage one and they do all of the really hard work. But that is, you know, Tasmanian blackberries, uh, black currants, and just... But those guys... They have one simple philosophy. Do not put anything in the bottle that is not the primary flavour that is written on the bottle. So they make a blackcurrant sugar. They make blackcurrant water for the dilution. They do blackcurrant distillates. But every single component is blackcurrant. There's a lot and of blackcurrant going on. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's a hell of a lot of work. Yeah, no, it is. Because <laughs> those, those blackcurrants don't grow on trees, you know. I <laughs> oh, hang about they do. Um, they grow on bushes. That's right. Um, yeah. So I guess 
if we paraphrase, um, the the very fact that you're at Bad Frankie sort of um, personifies the uh, growing maturity of the Australian distillery, distilled spirits industry. Because let's face it, um, five, ten, ten years ago, um, it, it certainly wasn't what it is now. No, even five years ago, and mm. I was, you know, we were having a conversation at, with some guests at um, the Hotel Lindrum, which Food and Wine Festival have been doing a bit of a takeover of this past 10 days, yes. and they were talking about the fact that this industry, you know, simply did not exist in this way. And I liken it, I like to think this is like the Australian wine industry in the 1970s. Yeah, right. That we are building these export markets, we're getting global recognition, yes. and you know, over the next 20 years, I think we're going to become, yeah, a real economic driver of, uh, you know, what is true, you know, small batch premium manufacturing, which is, you know, high margin. It's, you know, it's, it is a, a, a good economic sort of call. Obviously, I'm completely biased. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, so. hello. Yeah, so <laughs> the, the vested interest is speaking. But uh, in, the, in the meantime, Seb, let, let's uh, Matt and I offer our sincerest congratulations, mm. and it's been amazing watching, um, um, well, this, this journey that you've undertaken. And uh, in the meantime, to paraphrase Jaws... Oh, get those bad Frankie people out of there. To paraphrase Jaws, Sebastian, you're going to need a bigger still. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Well, look, I'll let you get back to it. Uh, have a drink for us. Congrats, and look forward to seeing you in the studio before too long. See you soon, Cam. See you, Matt. Bye. Bye. Yeah. 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 12.30 and uh, 40 seconds. Yes. Ticking and ticking and ticking. We're going to uh, have a couple of sponsorship announcements. Then we'll join John. Do we want to do that other giveaway? I will do that at the other side of John. Oh, so. he knows what's going on. I love the way you brought this bus. It is 12.30. Listening to Eat It On 3 Triple R. It's good having you along. Yes. Let's let the rest unfold. John, good morning. How are you? Not bad, yourself? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. You had your coffee this morning? Yeah, I had cold coffee. I made iced coffee instead of hot coffee like I always do. Yes. Just to be a little bit different. And it gets me going a little bit quicker as well. Some, for some reason, the caffeine hits hits quicker when it's cold. I don't know. It's strange. Psychosomatic or who knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, I, I think the big news uh, at the moment has been, um, oh, yeah, the uh, the rain that's been going on. Yeah, apparently we got a bit of rain. I only saw a flash of it yesterday. Dad said, I'm going to buy some eggs. And as soon as he said that, it's like saying, I've got a barbecue and the flies come. It started to rain. <laughs> I wish so, you get him to say that more often. <laughs> yeah. So I give him the brolly, cross the road, come back, and it stopped again, and that was it. Yes. But apparently it must have rained a bit through the night because my garden beds look a little bit moist, uh, if you can say that, than yes. what they looked yesterday yes. or the day before, should I say. I saw about, I think, 14, 15 mil in the gauge at my place. Oh, very good. Yes, that's not bad. So what that means, though, is that um, the rain has sort of soaked in a little bit because it was like a long event. So maybe we might see some mushrooms come up because uh, mushroom season was looking a bit spooky. Yeah, so I've been told. See, when it rains, it aerates the ground as well. Mm. Um, and... Um, the, the uh, little seedlings or spores or whatever mm. are there waiting, waiting. They get a little bit of moisture. You say, oh, beautiful. They soak it up, start to grow. Time, time to go. 
That's right. Um, now, what's going on uh, market-wise? It seems a little bit quiet here today. Maybe that it'll is, pick it up is, a little bit later. Grand, Grand Prix day is like election day. Uh, really? Very uh, slack attitudes. They're just walking around looking to see what they want. The tyre kickers are here. Yeah, the yeah. tyre kickers are here. But the, the serious ones are here as well. Yeah. Our regulars always come in Sunday morning, zip in, zip out, because mm. um, that's part of their routine. They come in, do what they've got to do, and then go out and enjoy the rest of the day. And yeah. that way they've got veggies at home for the week. That's always nice. And uh, what are we looking at? The, I'm noticing that uh, there's, obviously this place is called Tomato City, but there seems to be a lot of range today. Yeah, we've got a, a beautiful range. Not as much as uh, three or four weeks ago. We had about 14 varieties. Yeah. Um, today we've got the beautiful Doncaster tomatoes uh, around a little bit harder skin, but not as hard as Queensland tomatoes. Mm. A lot more intense flavour. Yep. And um, they're, they're ranging from price from two fifty for the riper ones up to $6 for the big, uh, really firm, half-coloured ones that, you know, if you want to keep them a week or so, they'll keep. yeah. yeah. So get in and enjoy those. We've got some black Russians. Um, these are a kidney-shaped one. Uh, normally I sell about 8 to $10. This week they went up to $15 because they were very, very scarce. Whoa. So and we're getting towards the end of them, yeah? That's uh, I- I'd say probably the, the crop that they put in didn't fruit as much as they would have liked. Oh, okay. So yep. there yep. might be that short-term glitch. Yep. And then you can see some tomatoes hanging in their can. They're a cherry on a truss, and they are exceptional. On every stem, there's about 15, 20 tomatoes. They'd be lovely to drizzle a little bit of olive oil in a pan and put it in the oven or under the grill. I was thinking that, yeah, just to blister them a little bit so they just sort of start to split. Oh, like one of the smarties picked up the bunch and started eating them like grapes. And I said, do you think you're a Roman? (laughs) (laughs) Peel me a tomato. No, it hasn't got quite the same ring He looked offended until he he thought about it and he said, yeah, why not? I can live like the Romans. Go on. Um, all right, and um, we're still seeing this um, stone fruit around? Yeah, there's plenty of stone fruit. We've been really enjoying the nectarines. I like white nectarines. I think yep. the yellow ones are a little bit too acidy for me. Some people think they're not acidy. Well, we're all different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been enjoying nashi fruit as well, the nashi pears, um, beautiful peaches. Um, across the road gave me some very, very ripe um, pink mammoth um, Pink mammoth uh, custard apple. Custard apple. Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, you had your custard apple already? Yeah, yeah. I took it home and, and Franco took them out of the bag. She said, they're ripping everywhere. So, well, it's the only way to eat them. They have to be ripe. Yeah. And they were. Um, but after a big dinner, it was a, a little bit hard because they are so sweet. But yeah. beautiful to have. Um, and those seeds are really, really beautiful in them too, aren't they? They are. Smooth, they're, they're nice gorgeous. and shiny. and. Yeah. And I don't know why you sort of feel happy. It's like when you pick up a, a river stone, it's nice and shiny. Exactly, you know? yes. yes. You, you, you feel, I don't know, for some reason a little bit happy, a, bit, a little bit lifted up. Mm. Um, and um, also they gave me a couple of bunches of really scrappy old rhubarb. Yeah. And uh, I got into trouble when I took them home. What did you do with that? Uh, Franca oh, you didn't up. do anything? No, I didn't do anything, mate. handball. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. I got the uh, special uh, manager cook at home. Yes. And... Um, and she didn't have any apples, so she put a pear with it oh, yeah. and a little bit of cinnamon. And I said, where do you get these ideas? But it was beautiful, you know. Yeah. She whipped up a bit of cream and served it to me, and oh, it was gorgeous. Um, and rhubarb's very good for you, even though it's an ugly-looking fruit. Yes. Um, 
the leaves are very high in oxalic acid. Don't eat the leaves. My son and I arguing that about how sick you can get eating the leaves because if you boil the leaves with wheat, it's um, a good form of rat sack to make yourself because the rats will eat it and uh, the throat will swell up. They drink a bit of water, they die. So I wouldn't try it. <laughs> okay, it right. Um, but yeah, uh, bad news for rats everywhere. Bad news yes. for rats everywhere. So that's a very good fruit, even though we cook it and stew it. Yeah. Uh, to eat because it's good for the digestive system as well. Yes. And it tastes good too. Oh, I love rhubarb and um, it's a beautiful thing to um, add to your, I keep talking about this compote, uh, uh, the rhubarb compote is, is great and that's good on um, a bit of oats in the morning too, isn't it? Or it is. muesli or cereal or whatever. That's right. Like we say a lot of times, there are no rules. Get it right. If it's good for you, it's very, very good. Yeah, very, very good. All right. Um, so fruit's good. Bananas are staying about the same, so there's not really much to mention about them. Although uh, we've had, uh, what is it, Cyclone Nora um, hitting Gulf of Carpentaria. That might be a little bit too far west and north to affect banana prices. Would that be right? Yeah, I think so. And also, from what I heard, uh, there's a lot of bananas growing, so... You know, we get them anywhere from Coffs Harbour right up to the north side. Okay. All right, you so know, banana one little prices. pocket gets hit. Yeah, we should be pretty safe then. Yeah. Uh, Veg-wise, um, I'm seeing, well, the first of the Brussels sprouts seem to be around at the moment, but yeah, uh, not yet. Not yet. Let them wait because yeah. the first ones, because um, they, they get uh, a lot of grubs and that in them, they spray them, they spray them with a the fungicide as well so they don't go bad mm. every two or three days, so... Wait till later when it's cold. When it's cold, they put nothing on them at all, so they're pristine and they're a little bit sweeter. When they get a frost, better still. The sweetness comes out of them. They yeah. just taste better. Same yeah. with all those cabbages and things like that, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And speaking of cabbage, I normally don't like coleslaw, but we've been eating it. Uh, we've been slicing up the uh, Savoy cabbage with red cabbage. Yeah. A little bit of mayo. Unfortunately, yeah. not homemade, but I'll talk to her about that. We'll yeah. see what happens. Oh, good. Oh, well, good luck with that one. <laughs> That's why I said we'll see what happens. We, we might hear an earthquake in Hyatt. We'll know how that went. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's refreshing to have beside a nice steak. Oh, I love it. And um, for me, I've just, look, it took me a while. It took me a few years to get it right. Because for a long time I was over-salting it. And I remember people going, what are you doing to me with this coleslaw? Sliced finely. Um, a little bit of vinegar. Um, you don't have to go hardcore. Apple cider vinegar can be kind of nice because it's not yeah. quite so full on. Yes. But caraway seeds. Yeah. Caraway seeds in the coleslaw, great for digestion. Yeah, like I always say, I'm not into the bird seeds, but yes, if it does it for you, why not? Yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah, anyway, that's that's my thing. Um, what is this happening veg-wise? Eggplant. Oh, eggplant. There's some beautiful eggplant, although this week I copped some that have got um, little scratches on the skin because it was blowing a gale up there, apparently. Mm. And uh, if you've seen them growing, they're like baubles on a Christmas tree. They hang there, and they look gorgeous. Mm. But they get a little bit of wind. They get scratched by the um, uh, leaves and that, and they don't look pretty. But the eggplant inside are spectacular. So um, we win. Yeah, these ones are out of uh, Mildura, but I've got some really baby black ones. I um, those in the front there. Yeah, yeah. Lo- like a, a large chicken egg. Yeah. Um, they're oval, not round, and black. They come out of the glass house in South Australia. Mm. Now, 
they're really nice to um, chop up and fry or, or barbecue and that. A little bit softer, a little bit less seed. And I've got the little pink ones that are round more than oval, mm. and they're small as well. A lot of my Indian customers, uh, like I've got two or three there now picking them out, pick out the really baby ones to put in a curry, yep. and the bigger ones they'll cut across in the back, fill them with herbs and spices and fry them. Um, you know, we do them in the oven um, hole. You prick them so they don't blow up, or we yep. slice them and fry them. We stuff them. They're just so versatile. Eggplant so, parmigiana. Yeah, Love definitely. Uh, I think that's the complaint I heard last night, that the eggplant weren't done parmigiana style. So, ah. you know, that, that may come this week. Who knows? Uh, well, it's good to hear. There's always talk about the food and what's cooking, what should be cooking, what's coming in. Hey, one thing I thought I'd ask. We're in autumn, so this is the, you know, the abundance. The tomatoes are all in and stuff like that. This would be a good time to buy some chilies if you wanted to make chilli sauce, huh? Oh, definitely. Um, I've seen a lot of different varieties around um, in the wholesale market. There have been the um, green jalapenos, um, the red ones. There have been Scots bonnets. Jalapenos. Jalapenos, yeah. yeah. Habaneros. Um, Habaneros. What's your favourite? You got a fave? Uh, no, I eat them all. Yeah, right. And, and you've probably seen, I've had some of those ornamentals. Um, my mum and dad grow chilies. They've got them all along the back wall of the house there. What's the ones you used to call scud chilies? The ones with the black seeds that used to take your head off. <laughs> and every now and then, it's like for about three years, you try to get me to eat one. <laughs> yeah, they're deadly. No, we're not growing those anymore. Oh, but right. We've got a little one like a bird's eye, and I grow upwards. Yeah. And they start green and yellow, and they go through different colour stages. Yes. And it doesn't matter how young or how old they are, they are lovely. You eat them and you get the heat. And we dry them and grind them with a the black pepper as well. Mm. And Dad's got another little stumpy variety. They start black. Yes. And then they go red and they're rather nice as well. Um, yeah, and people give me jars of pickled hot chilies and mm. we eat them all. Well, look, I'll tell you what, it is uh, it is that time of year because uh, the abundance is here. It's time to think about preserving. You've done your tomatoes already, of course. Yeah, we, yeah, we, talked we about have, that a lot of people have, so yeah, yeah they're, they're done with that. Uh, a lot of people are making chutneys this week. Normally they come and say, I want sauce this week. Mm. 90% of them all wanted to make chutneys, so they'll make their fruit chutneys um, or sweet chutneys, whatever, mm. and uh, have enough for the year. In 10 seconds, pick of the market. Pick of the market. Well, we're still stuck on the grapes. We've been eating a lot of grapes this week, and we've been making beautiful salads with the radicchio, mm. uh, rocket, and um, uh, all the other lettuces mixed in, So, and, and the salad onion as well. Um, yeah, beans have been lovely. The peas, we had peas out of Gippsland. They ran away, even though they were a bit dear, 14 yep. a kilo. But we've got some beautiful Dutch carrots. Can you see them from here, Cam? Look how bright orange they are. Oh, I can, yeah, they look tender. good. And um, they're very sweet, and they've got a very soft core as well. We've been cooking them and um, eating them raw as well. Just hang on for a minute, please. Thanks, John. I might um, head on off. <laughs> all right, mate. We're going to get out of here. Thanks, right. John. Me too. Have a lovely day. All the best. John, see you yeah, good We'll get out of here. Thanks, mate. No, oh, actually, I did sort of tie it into some sort of an ending, but he did. He just, he just floated off. Wanted off, eh? Anyway, floated. Yeah. 12.44 here. No, 12.45. There's a beautiful symmetry to the circle that we look at. In two weeks' time, Cammy, an event is happening at Werribee Park Mansion. And you're a part of it. It's Fromage à Toi. Fromage à Toi. Fromage à Toi. Fromage à Toi. 
just it's, give us uh, the, the 20-second pricey, if you could. Celeb- uh, it's a celebration of cheese and uh, all things cheesy down there at uh, Werribee Park slash Mansion. Yes. Um, there's going to be some great cheese demos. There's always gonna, obviously going to be lots and lots and lots of great cheese. Yes. Oh, um, there. Tickets are $47.59, which is oddly specific. It was very oddly specific. <laughs> yes, I've written that down too because you mentioned I went, really? Really? Anyway. Um, I so reckon that's a GST roundup, so it's probably 50 bucks if you just... Buy it online. Or Sounds like it could be a good day, uh, and we have two double passes to give away this week as well, Cammy. That's we? right. I think we do. Nine three double eight one zero two seven. If you're a subscriber and you would like to go to Fromage, tell them what they've won, Matt. Uh, two double passes to <laughs> yes. Fromage à trois. À trois, uh, which should be good fun. We're uh, going to get this done. Give us a ring. Nine three double eight one zero two seven. That's the number here at three triple R F M. Yes. Proudly broadcasting in beautiful downtown. East Brunswick. Occasionally, uh, a record company gives us an old-fashioned sampler. Like, you know, the thing where, they, where they, they, they give you a disc full of all of the acts on their roster? Yeah. And we got one this week from the good folks at Remote Control Records, and we thought, we're going to play a song from it. Wow. How, how good is that? How 1990s. This is the band called Jala from their forthcoming album, Junior Spirit, uh, out in April. We're going to hear one now called Horn. Yes, and after... Oh, you really did so. I didn't mean to <laughs> did. stop talking that much. I, I was holding up my hand. We do lots of hand signals here in the studio. But, uh, yeah, just wanted to say, coming up, Duncan Butchenen uh, will be telling us about uh, Vintage 2018, the tail end. But here's the song from the sampler. All right, I've just been given my instructions. <laughs> and I'm not allowed to talk over Duncan Buchanan because no. I bullied him last week. <laughs> So I'm going to be very good. Duncan Buchanan, did you feel bullied? You okay? I'm fine. G'day, Cam. G'day, Hi, Sophie. Hi, Matilda. Hi, Uncle James. I've been told to say hello to my family because I haven't seen anyone for about oh. four weeks because I make wine anyway, so I've done it. How are you? Oh, good on you, mate. Everyone's done their duty. This is good. Have you been doing your duty in uh, in crushing fruit and getting it to uh, to mix with wild yeasts and CO2 yeah. and all I that actually, stuff? It, I have. The, I mean, the good news is I'm in my undies. Because I'm, really? Yeah, I am. I'm foot foot stomping. I'm old schooly foot stomping a ferment as we speak. You know, when the cat rises to the top, you need to plunge it down in order to keep it wet with the wine underneath. Right. And the best way to do it is by foot. And with your your blue ringers on. Yeah. (laughs) You got (laughs) your ringers on. I don't know what colour they are anymore, Cameron. All right, there's, there's sort of, stained yeah. with. So, what uh, what what grape variety are you uh, currently uh, moving through? Uh, Pinot Noir. Oh, Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Do you actually That's wash your feet before you put them in there? I mean, I've always been kind of curious about that, about the whole notion of. Yeah, you do. I mean, you do because you're going to walk through the, across the winery floor, then climb up a ladder and get into the fermenter. So you might walk on with some nasty, so you pay, pay the fruit a bit of respect and actually do yeah, clean your feet off before you get in. Good. But the interesting thing, you can do this with punch-down tools and various things, but when you get in there with your feet, you get, it's amazing. You can feel how alive your ferments are. They've got, um, they'll have hot spots in some areas, big oh, colder really? in other areas. So yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So you can really, you can just feel the different spots. Well, the hot spots are obviously where it's fermenting pretty heavily. Yes. So you kick those, you sort of break those up and spread them around over to where the cold areas are. Yeah. And it sort of helps you, helps your ferment stay relatively uniform. And it's, you just, yeah, it's just, you can learn a lot by what your feet tell you. 
Well, it sounds like sort of, you know, swimming around Tutgaruk, you know, where you have, uh, you know, you, you go out in the bay on a hot day and it's sort of, you know, in the shallows it's very nice and, and warm and then all of a sudden it gets colder. So anyway, there's, uh, there's the bay analogy to winemaking. So um, is there anything left out there on the vines, Duncan? That's what we need to know. Yeah, there is. There's there is. Well, I, personally, oh. personally, I've got a tiny parcel of Shiraz sitting out there that did Where? get a decent uh, in Merricks. Merricks. And um, on the Mornington Peninsula. And that's, we were looking at picking that Friday, but my evil overlord, Paul Scorpo, said he wanted to wait until this week, and then <laughs> yes. the rain hit. <laughs> um, so, um, Whoops. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't say I told you so. I'm, yeah. I'm above that. No, you know you're above but, uh, that. You're not. You're not that kind of guy. Did you say so faster than you can say? Let's get that Bordeaux powder or the the fungicides out. Well, you can't really do much. Everything's under net still, so mm. you've just got to ride it out. But oh, look, uh, we did have a fair bit of rain down here, and I know Victoria wide we did. And I was chatting with Adam Foster earlier in preparation for this because I prepare. Yeah, oh, um, indeed. That, uh, that there was a fair bit of rain around, but some of it was really localised and heavy. Like, he's in, he's up around Heathcote, yes. and um, they had 19 mils, but 16 of it just fell like a torrent. So that won't, uh-huh. that won't infiltrate soil. It'll run off. Yeah. But, you know, but if you get this nice, gentle, sort of steady rain, then that makes its way into the soil, and it can sort of interrupt what's going on with the, the ripening. So it'll be interesting. I'll do another sample on that Shiraz tomorrow and see if the rain had any effect on it. But, yeah, it's... Um, so that's about all that's left hanging out there. And from what I've gathered from around the state, everybody's just about done. Mm. You know, and like I said, yeah, go. And last week you were, you were actually saying, you know, was, last time we spoke to you, you were saying it was quote dry as a chip. So yeah, this has been kind of good to um, just wet down things. I'm not quite sure about whether the ramifications for vintage though. It's probably not the best, is it? Oh, look, it's it's not great, depending on what you've got sitting out there. But like I said, every that, the last uh, two and a half weeks have been intense. It's just been, I've, you know, I've clocked over 200 hours in those two weeks. Um, and it's just, it's an intense time because you've just got to get things in. So there's not a lot left out there on the vine. And, you know, Shiraz is fairly sturdy. I don't, I don't think it's going to interrupt too much. I don't think enough rain will have got through. But it's been an interesting season for rain at fairly fortuitous times we had. Back in uh, late November, that's when vines start to flower. That they go through a lot of energy then, and they need to drink. We had, remember late November, we had a lot of rain. We had a heap of rain. We sure did. And then the, and then the next time we had rain was around was um, mid January when, when the berries start to soften up and change colour. Called Baraison. Note that one down, Cam. You will be tested later. I will be tested. A raison. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so that... when they start to, when they start to raise, they go through a lot of water. Then we had a big downpour just before Baraison. So. Timing of rain realistically has been pretty good, and then you know we need rain. There's no two ways about that. But to have a dry period up until uh, picking is actually it's pretty handy for the health of your fruit and keeping things in good shape. And when would you start to sort of know uh, quality-wise what the what the vintage is like? I think we were, I'm starting to see some pretty promising signs now. Colours are good, acids are good. And it's, a, it's an interesting um, interesting thing chatting with Adam Foster again. The Foster okay, the imposter. Yeah, Foster the silly Adam Foster. The, um, we, uh, we've got... Um, there were big crops. There were decent-sized crops this year, as I sort of, we spoke about last time I was on air. And um, I think it was more... There weren't a lot more... There weren't more berries on the bunches. I think the berries themselves were bigger, which on, the, on paper may lead you to think that the, you're going to have 
Okay, because all your colour and flavour is in your skin. So if you've got more juice due to a bigger berry, you might think that your colours and flavours will be diluted, if you follow my logic there. I do. On, Good time on, for rosé, maybe? No, but having a look at what we've got in the in the fermenter, they mm. look great. They, they look in really good shape. The colours are great. They're, they're deep and there's some real brightness to, to the... I've taken in some charades from West Victoria. Man, black as a dog's guts, as they say. Um, like really, really deep, rich colours. And the, the pinots from down here are looking really good. So um, colours and flavours are great. So I think it's a bit of a happy, happy, joy, joy vintage because the, the crops, are, there's been some decent size... You know, it's not stupidly large, but there's been some decent size crops around. So the... The farmers, the people growing the grapes and selling their fruit, they're making money, which is yeah. nice. And the people like like us who are actually making the wine, we're happy with the quality that's coming in. So, you know, for once we get to dance around the joint making daisy chains, singing Kumbaya, because everybody's stoked with one another rather than, you know, the converse, which is, you know, it can happen sometimes. Yeah, maudlin and, and weeping into the thing. But uh, the great thing we're looking forward to is uh, is drinking a glass of Dog's Guts Shiraz. <laughs> Dog's guts. DGS. Yeah, let's yeah, go. DGS. Well, I'll, I'll pop in, what if I pop in a couple of weeks? I'll bring a, a, a sample of said uh, black dog's guts, whatever you just called it, and yeah. um, we can have a look on and a bit more of a gas tank. What do you think? Done. Uh, lovely to chat with you. Um, I look forward to uh, you not frightening your children as they uh, fail to recognise you. Uh, you know, get get reacquainted with your family. That'll be good. Going to do that. All right, mate. Well. Um, Good luck and congratulations on Vintage, and that goes to all the winemakers uh, around yeah, this well, fair state, if they're, yeah. if they're happening to be listening. And uh, Foster, you are an imposter, but you're lovely. We love you. All right, we better go, mate, because uh, yeah, Alex is coming on with Sunday lunch, and we're talking about refugees. Yes. And uh, you've been listening to Eat It on 3RRR. It's been an absolute delight. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Ken. We'll be back next week for a long weekend Woo! edition. Eating Easter yeah, eggs. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Bye. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.